and welcome. My name is Tom. This is The Enthusiasm Project, season four, episode one, the season premiere. And there is no better way to start off than with today's guest, who is the mastermind behind one of my favorite YouTube channels. If you've seen any of my videos in the past year or so, you've probably seen some of his influence, either directly or indirectly. Uh, and that is, we can kick off season four with Raphael Ludwig. Welcome, sir. Hello, hello, and thank you. I'm humbled and honored. Uh, wow, that's an intro. I practiced it 18 times. That's right, and, uh, and I watched. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it very, very much. I have a ton of questions, but also I feel like we just kind of might be... Um, kindred spirits in terms of just ridiculous humor and interest and things. So this could go off topic a little bit, which is fine. Absolutely. Well, just as you say, you have been influenced by my stuff. I have been cherry picking little things from your channel nonstop. So uh, I'm actually glad that I found your channel. Uh, first one was Artlist versus Epidemic Sound. That's when I really started following you because it's like uh, you had a really good perspective and the way you communicated honestly that was the that was the thing that i really liked that it felt like you were genuine not trying to peddle one thing or another where where i feel that youtube has gone lately yeah i definitely want to talk about that and it's funny you bring up that video because i recorded that because i use both services and i just literally wanted to explain the licensing between them and then it was after I made that video that both companies approached me separately and they were like, hey, we like this video. Do you want an affiliate link? And I was like, well, sure, why not? Uh, which has been great. Like That's been an awesome source of revenue. But it's funny now because people are like, sometimes I'll get comments like, you just made this video to get the affiliate things. And I'm like, literally, no, I was just a full price paying customer for both services at the time. It was one of those videos where how did I want to prepare my journey into you because it youtube because it was actually before i even made my first video that i watched that because mm -hmm. i was planning it because my background is in video production so i knew that yes if there is some planning and pre-production that goes into it if there's a theme build all that get music for everything it's it was a crucial part to the entire process yeah and it's funny it's that's really funny because artlist was my first now it sounds like an ad <laughs> sponsored by but artlist was my first investment into my channel which i think was before i actually made a video i had watched somebody else i didn't even know about services like this because was you know three and a half four years ago and somebody was telling me about it and i was like oh my god i was so used to the old school days where you had to license song by song and it was like hundreds of dollars and I, it didn't even occur to me that that could change. And so finding like a subscription service with unlimited downloads, I was like, okay, I'm going to be serious about this thing. I'm going to spend my, you know, if it's like 200 bucks a year, I'm going to spend it. And that made my channel, even though I hadn't made any videos yet, it made it feel like a real thing because I had invested some cash into it. But yeah, before we jump into YouTube though, I have done a little bit of digging into... <laughs> This sounds bad, but I, some digging into your professional background uh -oh. because it's, I don't know a lot about it, uh, just from what I can find on like social media and things. Basically, I just found your like what looks like your production website mm -hmm. that has like demo reels and show reels, which are amazing, wildly impressive. And you are one of the, 
it almost feels like few people in the camera photo niche who brings a pretty extensive professional background to what you do. It's not, there's value to people who are learning as they go on YouTube. You know, that's, that's a great thing too. But when someone shows up, you know, you can watch your earliest videos still have a polish to them. And that's because, you know, <laughs> that might've been the first YouTube video, but it wasn't the first video exactly. or the yeah. first project. It, a lot of it came down to that prep time, but um, before that first video, but the my background is in video production, in post-production. Uh, I actually went to school for cinematography uh, and then photography even before that. So I already had an extensive background using cameras and understanding lighting. And I took that into the post-production realm when I started doing 3D work and CG and all, all that kind of visual effects, fun yeah. stuff. So having a good understanding of lighting is the core of everything when it comes down to no matter what medium you're working in in the in the video space it's understanding that and really and really working with it uh, and that's why a lot of the videos that i make are based on fixing it in camera because uh that's the crowd that i'm going for i'm not trying to go for the after effects or the visual effects or cg and stuff like that because there are people that are way better at that kind of stuff than I will <laughs> ever be. Uh, I can't I can't wrap my head around how good some yeah. of these people are. But having that understanding, I can communicate to all those people in that profession. And that's why I've been able to work in all those fields as either a supervisor or lead or all, all those other things. That's so so your background that's what your professional background comes in. I'm guessing that's also I'm you're still active in it. Yes. Uh, yeah. Full time work through my company, um, many clients and doing this YouTube stuff is kind of like, uh, that side hustle, that little thing that I always wanted to do, uh, not in front of the camera and, uh, mm -hmm. little, <laughs> yes. Uh, and this is actually my first YouTube channel. I actually had another YouTube channel, which got pretty big like comparatively in the space. And it was all in Cinema 4D and After Effects. And it was just tutorials mm. from behind the screen. And it was doing pretty well. And then I got an opportunity to work for a startup. And I had to literally shut all that stuff down as part of the NDA to, oh. to not communicate, to not be able, I, I couldn't be on social media. I couldn't share anything. I couldn't do that. I couldn't even continue with that. They they were so paranoid in the, the NDA. Even, even if something unrelated, like yeah, Yeah, it was just account. like they wanted the whole thing. I think it was about two and a half years where it was just completely stealth mode. And we just worked on some of the craziest fun stuff. And then they went public and did a, a, a whole bunch of events with some pretty big names. And it worked out really well. But then it got to a point where it was time for me to move on and, you know, started back in the post-production. I didn't want to, I was doing a lot of traveling and I didn't want to do that again. So kind of came back, settled down, just started doing more post stuff. But as I was doing it, I was missing the camera work, the the cinematography, yeah. the all the stuff that I, that started my, my whole career. So I wanted to come back to it. And YouTube was one of those things where it's, I get to play again. I get to just make for me without making it for someone else. And that's right. where that initial thing started. And also my wife kind of pushed me and said, you know what, you need to do this, do it, 
do it and you know that's awesome that's uh i you and i have very similar reasons of like wanting to create something that's for you specifically but having the supportive partner <laughs> is huge uh fortunately i i i'm very fortunate to have that as well uh but i do see a lot of people mainly on social media will post things like you know what it's like once the kids go to bed once the wife goes to sleep then they can work from like 10 p.m to 2 a.m that's their like their time and they get no sleep and i it's very nice when when you have that support to do the creative endeavor but yep. your youtube channel is growing a lot and very quickly and you're very active on it well, so there's been little pushes by some unnamed people that uh <laughs> No, it, yes. it's it's about well, you earning. pay them handsomely. So yeah, that's gonna... right. Uh, I'll I'll send you yes. the check in the mail. Um, <laughs> but it's it's literally one earning one sub at a time. Like there is no fast way to get there. There may be some spikes. Mm -hmm. There may be some quick ways. But like the the channels that grow to a hundred thousand to a million or beyond, like there are those are unicorns that happen within a year or even sooner. Everyone else has been, I've been doing this for four years and they're like at 50,000. It's like, just thinking of 50,000 subscribers is, is nutty. Like I've yeah. just crossed the 4,000 mark and those are actual people. And so it's yeah. earning those and trying to like, I, there's so many names that I know from the channel that keep commenting over and over again that I'm like, you know, dude, thanks again for commenting. So it just, it's building that community. It, it's especially this year has been amazing for that. Cause I'm so used to being on set and just talking shop with all the people there, right? Like yeah. everyone there understands production, understands the gear, understands the process. And then you're just able to talk about creative solutions in the moment. And that's what I feel has sparked that enjoyment from this channel. Just having those kind of talks and discussions about like, you know, geeking out about a camera or like, yeah. oh, this process or like, oh, did you see this plugin or just like, <laughs> just, you know, those are conversations you can't have, uh, especially this past year. Oh, right. Yeah. And that's, I, I've noticed there's been a thing. Uh, I think I followed, I started following your channel. I think I found it. Uh, it was pre 2000 subscribers. I know that, but it seems like the the window from 2000 to 4000 was like exponentially shorter <laughs> than the window oh, from absolutely. 0 to 2 and i think that will just keep going and going and you know this video this video this podcast is going to come out a couple weeks after we're recording so these numbers are for sure out of date who knows where you are by the time somebody's actually listening 4, to this 4050 by <laughs> <laughs> 4003 no yeah. i'm sure i mean like it's 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 going to go it's just going to keep going and going because your channel is is so good but it is that community too there's the thing i've noticed about channels that grow is regardless of the variety between them they all have a community of people and that's when you have the same people coming back and it's not even that they're just talking to you but they're talking to each other mm -hmm. and they're that's that's the thing that's going to to grow but then it ends up also taking up a lot more time and a lot more energy so how have you been finding like with a very time consuming, because when I look at your montage reel on your, um, your professional, not that YouTube's not professional, but your business website, which I'm assuming is still the active one. Um, it's amazing. And I feel like, oh, I've like seen, feels like I've seen a lot of these things. I definitely recognize a lot of the brands and the, the products and the services and stuff. So 
it's not like uh you know two-bit dog and pony show it's it's real work it's really impressive mm -hmm. stuff takes a lot of time youtube's growing especially when you're a solo youtuber it takes a lot of time um you have a wife do you have kids three yes that's what okay that's what i thought i didn't want to be presumptuous so you have kids <laughs> they take a little bit of time yeah, just a little um <laughs> how th the thing with people who listen to this show is a lot of them are also people who create stuff youtube channels podcasts um and a lot of them are also people who have you know at least a full-time job if not the whole family situation and finding ways to navigate that how do you do you have any advice really good time management it's I've I've been doing this long enough, like the creative work, where I don't allow myself to do 16-hour days just because I can. It's we're just sitting behind a computer. What's the problem? No, like there there's a, a hard cutoff. If I if there isn't a delivery that day, there's a hard cutoff. It's just like nope, the time's up. I'm done with that. Then I spend the next X amount of time, you know, with the family doing whatever. And I try to record one or two videos on, I don't want to say the weekend, but I, I try to record one or two videos at a time and I write my scripts because then I feel like that my time is a little bit more efficient because if I was trying to just say it mm -hmm. directly from top of my mind, I'm always editing even as I'm speaking. So I've, I've set a goal right from the beginning. Again, this comes back to prepping even before you start the channel, how do you want this channel to go? How do you want each video to be made? How long, how much time do you want to give yourself to make a video? And if a video takes more than one day to make, so about two hours to record, uh, an extra hour to do B-roll, and then the five hours to do the editing and finishing, if you can't get it done with that, like for me, if I can't get it done within that eight hours, spread over a week, then it's taking way too long. Like there have been videos where I spent one or two days worth sometimes more making. And then there are times where I shoot a video and it's edited within the hour and I post it. Like it's just so, you know, there's a give and take. Some take longer, some don't, but in average it's about one day. And if it takes longer than a day, I then I, you know, I, I slap myself and it's like, nope, bad, <laughs> bad ref, right? Like it's it's coming down to that. It's it's really getting yeah. really efficient with your time management and sticking to it yeah well and those those constraints too are sometimes helpful like giving yourself because you know you can shoot forever but sometimes you know like i'll be editing and i'll find myself okay i want to finish this video i could make a new graphic i could film another thing i could do that and i just go okay no finish it with what you have right here make it work with this uh -huh. like if you were getting paid a million dollars to do it with this could you do it yeah and it just you know, those creative constraints sometimes sometimes actually create better work. Because if you had, I'm going to take a month to work on this video, it's like, it might never even get done. Yeah. And then if the video doesn't do well, it just feels like a huge loss versus, you know, I'm do this one, do the next one. Because you do basically weekly uploads, right? Yep. This is the first, these past two weeks are the first time I think I made more than two videos a week. And even this week coming up, there's three videos. It just they just came out wow. really quickly, so I was able That's to write good. them. And and so I'm excited that there's enough creative energy to, to do that. Not out of ideas. <laughs> Not, but how do you deal with 
coming up with ideas because I have this whole list of videos that I yeah. want to make, the the ones for me. But then I have this whole other list of what are people talking about this week that is actually interesting enough for me to add to the conversation and then making that video. How do you, how do you balance making those videos? I, I don't have a perfect answer for that, but that is like an important part of, of doing YouTube. I have my running list of things. And fortunately, at least at the moment, the overlap is pretty consistent. I don't have like, I really want to do my chocolate chip cookie recipe that I can't fit it into my channel. Like everything's pretty much overlapping. Oh, so you have another um, cooking I, channel. I see. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have, I can't even imagine the energy of starting a second channel, but uh, it, it's kind of, I, I do one video a week and I've been scheduling out my videos for the past, the past year and a half. So I'm usually like three videos ahead. Oh, lucky um, you. Yeah. It, I mean, it took, it took, it takes a lot to like get to that point because you really have to do kind of what you did. And like now I somehow just made three videos in one week, um, but then just like, okay, I'm going to save those. So I kind of have like these videos here and I sort of know which ones I want to do. And some of them are, you know, like I did one <laughs> when everyone was doing the Sony a7S III like release videos. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to do a review on the Canon 100 millimeter macro lens that came out in 2009, which is like <laughs> this 11 year old macro lens. Um, Best performing. But, which right? I, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it didn't do as well, but it'll be good forever. But a video like that, I can release anytime. So yeah. if, if something does happen where, you know, I don't know, there's an update for the Rodecaster Pro, I'm going to want to do that video this week or just something that I think is really relevant if, you know, I kind of just pay attention like, oh, this video about Zoom setups is doing really well. And I have a video about, you know, another thing to do with like streaming setups. I should probably do that one this week. And so I'm always shuffling them around. Um, but that's kind of, and I just sort of listening, you know, paying attention to seeing what the comments that are coming in, all the ones that tell me I'm terrible. I'm like, okay, <laughs> those. what's the actual, and there's like one that's like, this video was good. I was like, I'll do that video again. But <laughs> um yeah, I mean, that's, it's just kind of, you know, keeping an eye on the community, keeping an eye, like, I, you and I are both, I'm assuming, sorry, I don't want to make the assumption, nerds <laughs> about this kind of stuff. So we're aware when, like, this is happening and that's happening, and you can kind of just keep your pulse on, on that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, your channel is one of those ones where every time a video pops up, it's it seems to fall into one of two categories. One is... Uh, this is exactly the video like I've been wanting to see, like it's perfect, or I didn't know I wanted to see this video, uh, which is a great one too, because it's like, I yes. I do try to add to the conversation. I don't want to just repeat stuff that other people have said. And there's an underlying theme that I want that's like the, the thing be below the thing, as they say, where yeah. it's, I always want the videos to have a positive life message, like come for the tutorial and, and, you know, then I slap you with a life lesson where it's just like, I've been through enough things where it's like, don't be stupid, stupid. Don't like, yeah, these are great cameras. Don't buy it. And it's just like, even to myself, these are <laughs> reminders where it's like, learn the fundamentals. And like, I'll, yep. I'm just going to harp on that all, all day long because I was there where it's just like, Ooh, I'm going to get a right. Like, my my friend was one of the first people in Canada to get the red one. And we just went gangbusters on it. Like we were like, Oh, we're going to film yeah. this. We're going to do this. We'd like, you know, and it's like, and then like 
you start playing with the footage, it's like, wow, it's can't edit any of this. You can't do anything with it. And it's just like, and I made a video earlier this year where I kind of flagged that with the, the Canon R5 where it's like, you know, good luck trying to edit that stuff. And, I, you know, and then like, as soon as it came out, it was like, you can't edit this stuff. It's like, yeah, like it was right there. Like no one's, everyone's having problems editing 4K and everyone's like, oh, I'm going to do 8K. It's like, no, you're not. Like, unless right. you spend... Um, more money on a computer which may not even be able to handle it and we're still what eight months later and people are still struggling to work with that footage and they just put it aside like nobody needs raw nobody needs to shoot raw unless you're doing you know blockbuster commercials like no stop it stop it yeah it's uh i I, back last summer when you know these new cameras were coming out i made some predictions where i was like there's gonna be the oh my gosh look how good it is and then there's gonna be a lot of like new computer videos (laughs) that people are making about look i got my new computer and then there's gonna be a lot of maybe 1080 is good enough can you really tell the difference between 1080 and 4k people kind of scale back the workflow a little bit yeah there's a time and a place for those things but that's what um it's it's interesting and it, it does kind of connect with something I did want to talk to you about too. Uh, you know, one of the things that drew me to YouTube originally was how relatable everything was. So you see somebody and you're like, they're kind of like me and they're, you know, I have that camera and I do that. And then especially when you see some channels grow and grow and grow to the insane realms, sometimes people can lose their relatability when it's like, you know, they bought three $20,000 cameras this year. And you're like, Hmm, I can't, <laughs> I don't relate to this. Yeah. It, well, it's that, it's that tribalism that, yeah, that thing that attracts people and what, how that, that friendships, they grow on set, but then there's always that divide between all the crew and then above the line, which is like the producers and directors. And so those YouTubers have gone above the line where it's just like, I'm just going to watch them from here and I, but I will not I'm not going to talk to them because they're they just feel so out of reach even though they're just like me and you and but it just it's that weird feeling where it's a disconnect and you're just like you're watching you yeah. know when they drop a video it's it's going to be it's going to look good it's going to be great and they're going to do something outlandish where no one in their right mind would ever do because it just doesn't make any sense and it's like how did they find the time to do all that stuff you know it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. They're getting paid to do it. And that would be great. And, you know. Uh, yeah. And that, I think that's the important thing to remember is because then people look at themselves and like, well, I can't do that. So I'm not as good. It's like, don't worry. No one's expecting that. But I think part of it, though, too, is when people want to keep, I want to use the cinema camera. I want to shoot raw. I want to use this, that, and the other thing. Part of that is also the hobby where it's like, it's not because you need it. Like, <laughs> it's not. It's If you're just doing a YouTube talking head video. Yeah. You're probably not going to tell a total difference, but part of that, like, I, I almost feel like more people need to just admit that that's part of the fun. No, I don't need to to do this insane color grading. No, I don't need all these cameras. No, I don't need this. But it's really fun yeah. to build this rig, and it's really fun to do this. And it's just sort of the ridiculousness of the hobby uh, is that's just part of it. And it's not because, you know, it's the only way to get good looking stuff. Yeah, and there, there are people, there are channels. Um... There's a guy I know, Tiago, from Classical Technology. He does all computer stuff. And he he's able to... He's gotten himself all those cameras, the Komodo, the Red, the, the, the R5, and all that kind of stuff. But he 
literally says, like, I just want to learn this stuff. I want to be able to play with it. I know it's going to be hard to, to learn and work with it, but I want to learn that. And his whole right. channel is about computers. And he does all this amazing B-roll and stuff like that. And his channel has grown this year like a rocket. And he's just been having fun doing it. So it's, but he's upfront about it. And he's, he's honest that he, that's what he wanted to do. He wasn't pretending to, to do it, to make a video just to get clicks on it. No, he has a computer channel and he's saying, well, will it work with these computers? And it's like, he was able to weave it into his story and it still worked. Um, for yeah. me, I have my cameras. I have, I've worked with all the cameras, including you have a lot of gear. In, like. in, well, that's what I do professionally. So yeah, there are times I go on set. But guess what? As a professional, the amount of times I've actually shot raw for client work that wasn't a high-end commercial is like ninety percent of the time I shoot just eight bit and maybe ten bit. Mm -hmm. And raw is just saved for those key moments, those clients that actually want to pay for it. Because you know what? There comes time in post-production, processing it, color grading it professionally. Like that's a whole nother level where, you know what, add a couple zeros to the budget and we'll do it that way. Otherwise, it's like, right. no, we I wouldn't do it. And most people that know will do the same. Like I equate working with raw, like working with film. Just you're gonna spend a lot of time. It's gonna look great, but in the end, if you know what you're doing, you're going to get a great image with the camera that you have. Right. And that's what's your what's your go to YouTube camera setup at the moment? Well, because I have it, it is the C200. Mm -hmm. But again, I'm just shooting 8-bit. Uh, it's 4K. And I just like it because I'm able to record indefinitely. And it's plugged into the wall and I'm able to use proper microphones where the other small cameras I, I never wanted to do a vlogging style right <laughs> channel it's just that's not me i just i don't feel comfortable holding a camera in front of my face yeah, me and, either you know what hey i'm with my <laughs> kids and do no that's other people do it and yeah. they do it well but i don't even i don't even enjoy watching those like they're not for me it's just so why would i make something a lot of people said you should vlog i was like no no i shouldn't <laughs> no 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 i should not no. um but that's funny because i just got at, at work we just got a c200 like maybe two weeks ago um i've never used one before so there's no you know i go to to the campus where i teach a couple days a week mm -hmm. and teach my classes from there and so i have a you know a streaming setup set up there and now my camera that i'm using is the c200 there which is not necessary at all uh, but I just wanted to learn the camera. So whenever students come back, I could actually show them how to use it. It's a really fun camera to use. Yep. Like I just, as soon as I was like setting it up and figuring out and using it, like it was just a really enjoyable camera to use. I, I, I completely understand. I just like the image that comes from it. It's not a full frame camera, but almost um, none of the, the cine cameras are. So it's still super 35, but it gives the look that I like. And mm -hmm. it just works overall better than the EOS R, which is the other camera that I have. I had a 1DX, which was my in-between, uh, that hybrid camera. But I just mm -hmm. I really didn't like the image quality from the video. It was just too crunchy and you couldn't do anything with it. Like literally whatever came out of the camera, that's what you got. And, you know, hopefully it was good. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I still love my EOS R, R's. 
Um, what are you up to? Seven now? Two of them. Eight? Yeah, I just keep <laughs> buying EOS R's. Uh, it's been actually kind of hard because they keep getting so cheap. I saw a deal where from Canon, it was like 1220 bucks, And I was like, a third one? <laughs> There's no need. <laughs> Uh, but geez, I mean, that's, that's where it's like, that's a sweet spot. I know there's other cameras out there, but these cameras have never let me down. They work really well. I love using them. And it's to the point where I, I can't stop ever for my whole life wanting to look at cameras. Like even when I was in middle school and like eBay, it was like the year eBay started, I would go on our dial up internet and just look up camera listings not because I could get them. I had no way of ordering anything online, but just because it was the only way I could see cameras in like real world, you know, real pictures of cameras. Otherwise, it was just you go to the Sony website and look at the Handycam and it's the weird little promotional picture, little GIF that's spinning around because it's 1998. And eBay was like, oh, this is what like, oh, this is what it actually, it's like the earliest YouTube unboxing review feeling yep. <laughs> that I could get. Uh, so I've never been able to stop being obsessed with cameras, but I have to stop myself and go, there's no need for that. You can probably invest significantly less money in something else that's going to have a significantly larger impact on the actual the actual video, lighting, sound, you know, even literally no money, just learning, learning a software program better, learning, you know, how to wow. use something in final if you want to do something audition. with photography i guess the camera would be important but yes how you know. much different <laughs> would a canon r be from the top line 1dx mark 3 like how much better would you be able to perform the task right. that you have in front of you like if you understand one you can get really good images from both and exactly you don't need the higher one just because like how many people need to have 20 still frames a second shooting just nonstop for what? Like, like if you are a sports, a sports photographer or wildlife and you're doing birds, then yes, pay up for it. But if you're just taking photos of your kids, well, meh, you know, spend the money on investing for them instead of the, the camera, like have fun with the camera. Yeah, exactly. I like, I love that. I guess that's one of the things I love about your channel. It seems like you're actually having fun with the videos. And you you do have like the, you talked about the little extra bit. Um, I'm just trying to look for the video right now. But it was one, you did a video a couple weeks ago where it was you were redoing the rims on your car mm-hmm. <laughs> on your own. So you have a very nice car and you were painting the rims on your I own. I terrified. Like, this is not something that I would, I, I'm not a car guy by any means. I know how to drive a car just like I know how to, use a computer but don't ask me to upgrade it or fix it it's like right so like i'm sitting there going like i don't know if i want to do this and that whole idea of i always push through i always do the thing that i say i'm going to do so regardless of how much fear bubbles up and i feel you know petrified i always go through with it and it's kind of something that happened way back in high school where I was so shy and I didn't want it. I always wanted to be behind the camera. Like I was a drummer. So yep. I, I was behind the drum set, like, so people couldn't see me. But then there was a, a turning point where I just said, I'm going to say yes to everything. No matter how much fear there is, I'm just going to say yes. Like someone asked me, hey, let's go to this place. Let's do that thing. Let's make this movie. Let's let's play at this, you know, um, at this venue or stuff like that. It It all came down to. Yeah, I, and I forced myself to just keep doing that. And 
I, the fear still comes, but I'm oh, able yeah. to overcome it and just start doing the thing. I'm like, oh, well, it's never as terrifying as we build it up in our heads. Right. That's uh, I mean, that's a good lesson. I was, I assumed when I started that video, I was like, if he posted this, it probably came out okay, or else it's one of those I destroyed my car, you know, clickbait videos. Uh, how are I did want to ask, how are your rims holding up? Good, actually, that was that was the other fear part. Like, is it going to be like we have winter here, and they're doing great. Like, I actually, I actually like it. I still like. It. I, I want to dechrome the entire car now i'm like that's that's my next challenge but uh, <laughs> i'm gonna wait until spring for that one because it's it takes a long time to prep and set up and do all that uh, but it's definitely worth it and it was fun because it was something that was a little bit different and that was a cool video too because i mean it was about you're working on a project for your car but you tied it back in exactly to you know for somebody who follows your channel for camera videos and tutorials and reviews and stuff it actually still fit and it was like, oh, I see. You snuck it, you like snuck it in there a little bit. It's like when the, um, you know, you got to give your dog some medicine so you put it in That's right. butter or something. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Well, it was, it was from a need. I wanted to film a video that day, but I didn't have an idea. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to think of an idea. And usually I let it brainstorm for, for a little bit, let it incubate. And then I was like, but I want to do this too. So I was like, and then I just kept saying to myself, like, you know, but like, I'm scared that I'm like going to mess it up. So it just came from my love for making videos and talking about it. That, that whole, I get it. I get an opportunity to get it off my chest. These thoughts. That's the other thing I really like about YouTube is just like, I have this thought, like wish I could share with somebody. And I think early on, someone said, if you're going to make a channel, make it about something that you will not shut up about to your friends mm -hmm. and your friends. Yes. Those topics that your friends start rolling their eyes, like, uh, stop talking. That's, that's the channel that you need to make the, the, the topic that you will just not stop talking about. That's, that's perfect advice because it's not, there's so many times I see people who want to start their channel and you know, they, they're like, I got to make my first video and spend a bunch of time on your first video. Okay. Make a second video. And it's like, okay, cool. Now make 50, 100, 150, Everybody 200. has <laughs> that though. Everybody has that topic that they would just not stop talking about. And it may mean, it may not be the topic that they want or they think they're going to make a YouTube channel about, mm -hmm. like, because they like watching those channels. You don't have to make a channel that you like watching. Make a channel that you love doing because yeah. after the 10th video, if you don't like what you're talking about, you're not going to make the 11th. And it, I've seen so many people pop up and they're like, I'm going to make this video about whatever. And then, you know, like with by their seventh, eighth video, they're uh, playing guitar. I'm like, what's happening? Like you had this theme and it's gone. But now, now they have a guitar playing channel. It's like, well, good. Now they're at least on that path. So, and that is the other thing when people are starting early on experiment experiment like make videos about anything a because no one's watching i'm talking from my own experience and b <laughs> and b just have fun with it because that theme will come out like my theme of fix it in camera didn't really kind of show its head until about the 10th 11th video where it's just like i'm I keep 
thinking about like all these video ideas kept popping up and it was always about getting it right the first time and taking that extra five minutes to remove that from the frame or mm -hmm. to you know make sure that the camera angle's right and understand what you're doing and not try to slap a graphic on or crazy transitions because <laughs> you're trying the to hide something do not solve everything yeah. because all those major feature films they all all have those crazy camera moves and transitions right that uh, make everyone sick or is that just me that's just me sorry <laughs> i'm not knocking it the, there's a whole talent for people that that can I know, do it I know. every movie i watch has a lot of coffee slow motion sequences that's, in that's it right. i've never seen a that's movie right. with coffee beans <laughs> coffee Coffee bean. And crazy I don't even drink flipping coffee. camera transitions nonstop. <laughs> it was, you know, if you go back and watch videos on my channel from the summer of 2018, there's a lot of letterbox slow motion. <laughs> and then I learned, but it was, you know, that was like, these are really fun to make. I think these are more fun to make than they are to watch because nobody is watching them. They also take a, long, a lot of time to, to get right. And the people that do it yeah. right, they look great. The people that try... Right. Well, I always look at it as it's a tool in a toolbox. If you've got yes. a good workshop or a good toolkit, it's not that you're going to use that power drill all the time. Like, hey, I need to open this can of tuna, get out the power drill. But it's like when you need it, it's a great tool to have. And then you put it away and you use the right tool for the time. But equipping yourself with more tools is great. And that's where all that stuff, I feel like, kind of fits in. Just all these, it's great to know how to do it transition. It's great to know how to do that you know, slow motion YouTube sequence. And that's the beauty of YouTube. It's it's film school nonstop. Try it, play it, do it. And, you know, fail and repeat, try again, succeed. Yeah. And when you do learn it and you know when to use it, when not, there will be a moment in the future where that will be perfect for what you're trying to communicate. So yes, learn it, do it. And I've done it. So uh, as much as I knock it, it just... It's, you're right. It is a tool in a tool set, just like you don't need to use every single light that you own and you don't need to have a three camera shoot for, you know, a baby walking. Uh, it's, th <laughs> those are great, but uh, no one's ever going to watch it. So, right, right. Do, uh, how do your kids feel about your YouTube channel? Are they like super psyched to have a YouTuber dad? I'm just dad. They, they don't care. <laughs> they don't, they, they're <laughs> like, care, hey, look, great. I'm like, you want to watch the video? And they're like, no. <laughs> no, it's because it's a topic i'm not i don't have cartoons in in what i'm doing and but right. my eldest daughter who's nine i get her to help me out and she's really interested in the process so i like that 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 little spark has started with her where she helps me uh, do the b-roll sequences to set up to you know, turn on the light that way and like move the camera this way if, if I'm in the shot. So uh, I like that I, I have yeah. my own built-in uh, assistant. That's the perfect age for that. Mm -hmm. I My very first job when I was 15 was I interned at a TV station, like a TV news station. And um, I was fortunate enough that the photographer I went out with, I just kind of got paired up with him constantly. And we'd always go out. Um, eventually, like he let me film my own stuff or even like, I got to rent a camera for the day and have a big old camera and film B-roll. Um, but just starting out, you know, they weren't going to let me touch a $40,000 <laughs> like camera. No, you have to work your way up. Absolutely. Yeah. But, and he would set up the shot or he would set up the camera and then like kind of stand there like, okay, you know, like we need B-roll of whatever this crime scene, whatever What's it might be. <laughs> 
Yeah, and it would be like, what do you what do you mean? And I would just get like, okay, here's a wide shot and kind of like set it up. And he's like, yeah, cool. But what about like this detail here? What if we put the camera down low? What if we put the camera up high? And then I would kind of like frame up my shot and he'd come look at it. And I remember when he would tell me like, great, hit record. I would feel so good that I, I was like, oh, it's good enough. And then I'd be watching like the package air on the news that night and be like, oh, there's my, my shot. Yep. It's in there. <laughs> like they did it. It's exposed right. He taught me about zebras. Like... It was a big, it was a really big deal to help out with that kind of stuff. And it really did. I mean, I already had, I was already interested in it. I was working at a TV station for free, but it, it really like, it, it was just something about, I really like this. And I don't know. I think, I think you and I might be similar in this also that I wanted to start a YouTube channel kind of about other people mm-hmm. and include other people and make videos about other people. And then I realized, I would never make videos because scheduling is hard and time is hard and people are difficult. And I was like, oh, if I if I am in front of the camera, I can make a video whenever I want. The only problem is that I have to be in front of the camera. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was exactly it. Uh, I didn't even like the sound of my voice when I was making the tutorial videos. But I've gotten to the point where I'm very comfortable hearing it. Like I can edit the videos. Uh, I don't I don't cringe anymore because I've realized when I watch other people, I don't think that I don't I've never thought like why were they oh my god like how there must be so like no no one's ever embarrassed it's just like you're just watching the video it's like was it a good video did I get something from it great thumbs up good and it's just like you get into that rhythm of it and and it's just and and, you know once you get the repetition you do a few videos you don't really think about it anymore mm -hmm. like my first videos it felt very strange to be to film myself and then sit in a room editing myself and then make a thumbnail with myself in the thumbnail I was like this is very you know narcissistic a little bit but we grow that narcissism very quickly and we we like it we can't wait until the next hit and you know (laughs) as it should be i don't even want any of the other gear in the thumbnails i just want it to be a glory shot of me just looking heroic this whole podcast is just going to be tom with blank space (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i just i'm not even recording on your track you don't need to send me this file it's fine it's it's a weird it's a weird kind of duality that you have to get past and live with knowing that you're going to make this video and people are going to watch it and you don't you have no idea what they're going to think you're going to, you're hoping that like i'm i i'm providing some value this is something that interests me and i've thought this through i've i've done the homework for you here's the results of it take it or leave it and sometimes people respond to it very well other times i made a video where i was complaining I made one video where I complained about my RF lens problem and people are like, Oh geez, look at this guy. Like, Oh, just buy a, just buy a camera or just don't buy RF. Like, okay, I'm not going to make videos like that anymore, but it does sting a little bit where it's just like, okay, it wasn't the joke wasn't really heard. And maybe my sense of humor didn't come across uh, as well. And I wasn't really complaining. It was just kind of like, Hey, I have this, you know, first world problem and, and share it with the world it's like hmm. you know but people take stuff a little bit too seriously but i I like the channel that i've built because of the four thousand current subscribers that are there they're there for the same reason that i get excited about all this stuff and it's hard to understand are they there for the camera stuff are they there for the post-production stuff are they there for the here are my insider thoughts on you know what's coming or how to do something because 
I don't have a dedicated channel to just photography or camera gear reviews or you know here are tutorials. It's it's more a mishmash of a whole bunch of things. And I, I think I took this from Peter Lindgren, where he just kind of made a whole bunch of different videos, all mm -hmm. with the same feeling and tone in the same space, but they're different. Each one is different. Each yeah. one he talks about something else. One he talks about his family or his life experience. And then other ones he talks about like, here's my gear review. And you know, it's 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 good seeing those kind of channels and seeing what I like about how they're doing it. It's like, yeah, I'd like to do that too. Cause I don't want to get stuck in one particular corner and just be like, that's that guy. Like I, I talked to a few people who recommend it's like just stick with EOSR and Canon and only right. make videos that's about the... Canon. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. Cause, Cause then you're the Canon guy. Yeah. I don't want to be the Canon guy. It's like, well, your channel will grow faster. I'm like, yeah, but there's nothing. I don't want to just talk about one camera or one line of cameras or one company. Like if, if a Sony is right for me, I'm going to go with a Sony if that's right for the job. If right. I'm going to work with a red and I, I just start working with reds, then I'll talk about that. But I just want to share my experience for people that need to, or have questions about that topic. So like I made a video about um, NDAs and signing them and what does it mean? It doesn't really have anything to do with cameras or gear or anything like that, but it's in the space where you're going to get these kind of documents sent to you. Just make sure you read them. Right. And right. like that video is still getting a lot of questions. Uh, I think there aren't a lot of views on it, but the CPM is so high. I'm like, maybe I should just make more like that. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's the stuff, you know, I, people need those kinds of answers and you can kind of find like, I, I mean, it, it also comes down to there's, there's parts where the conversation is missing things like an N NDA, you know, everybody and the thing okay sorry i'm having a lot of thoughts at once but uh I, i've done one officially sponsored video on my channel which was with epidemic sound and when they when we were talking about it they're like okay send us over your employer identification number for your business and i was like i don't i'm i'm a guy i don't have that i did send it to my bank account yeah. <laughs> and they're like we don't normally do that and i remember going like are you serious like i've seen epidemic sponsored spots on so many channels and i was like are you telling me that all these people who have yes. 40 50 000 subscribers have their own business turns out they yeah. do uh they just don't ever talk about it in their videos and i didn't know that and they all just seemed like they were just kind of like oh geez i'm just making videos and it blew my mind and you know that's the kind of thing with an nda which is like oh i didn't even realize this was gonna be a thing i had to encounter and how do i navigate it but that's you know that's where you can kind of jump in and go Look, here's a guy who I enjoy, who I trust, who's now giving me info that I don't even know I needed, but I need it. And that's, yep. you know, that, that's a good combo. And it's the other catalyst for me starting my channel was there were so many videos that were coming up that were just rubbing me the wrong way. It's like, no, that's not how the pros do it. And I just kept seeing it over <laughs> and over again. We're just like, no, that's not how, you know, you should edit. That's not the way you should think about it. Like, like, yes, those are the buttons you push, but like you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And it's just like, 
uh, over and over again. Like I would never comment. I would never leave bad comments. I, I don't thumbs down video because it's just like, I know how much work goes into making something. So instead of doing that, my retaliation was I'm going to make my own videos that set people straight until I make a mistake. And then people start calling me out. <laughs> <laughs> is there, is there one thing that, that jumps out either like a, a tip or a tutorial or something like something that people were, you don't have to name names, but something lighting, that was, you know, lighting, it's been consistent lighting. where people would, they're like, uh, you know, they would do a three point lighting tutorial. Sure. They got the name right, but everything else is like, no, why? Like, why like why would you do it like that right and then you would have people that would make a three-point lighting tutorial that is right but it's like three and a half hours long like why like no you can explain this in like 15 <laughs> minutes really really well you don't have to it doesn't have to be a full sign up for my course to you know eight hour course to learn right. three-point lighting it's just like no like it, it's something that i can explain to anybody in about 15 minutes and they would get a really good understanding and all you would need is two lights and a bounce for three-point lighting. And I don't even True. do that kind of stuff. But it it was still, that was one of the, the things. The other one was I just kept seeing so many people cut to the beat. And that mm. is such a lazy way to edit. And it drives me nuts where, it drives me nuts that I, I use it in my own videos because I'm lazy. <laughs> but... I mean, it, it has a place, you know, it's a tool, it's in the kit, yeah, it has but a place. When, I think one of the, the things that always gets me in, gets me a little bit riled up is when people use terminology a little bit wrong. No, okay, not a little bit wrong, <laughs> really wrong, where, you know, they would come on set and they would ask for something or they would not do something. It's like, oh, let's, let's do a Dutch move. And like, okay, so you want to tilt the camera like this and like, you know, and they're like, no, 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 no. And like, they... Like they have no idea what they're talking about. And right. so you're teaching people. It's like, okay, okay, here, this is what you, this is what I think you want to do. So I, I think one of the videos was, you know, edit, editing to music. And then the first thing they did was here's automated cut to the beat, bang, 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 bang. And it's just like cutting to the beat is a quick way to make boring footage look a little bit more exciting because it produces this fake feeling of movement of excitement where it could just be literally boring shot after boring shot but it's cut to music and like hey the music was exciting so therefore the footage must be exciting so again it, it goes back to it was it wasn't fit uh, it wasn't fixed in camera they just literally try to make bad footage look good and save the day but then people just get used to it and then when they teach to do that that's when I got like, no, stop doing that thing. Like I, I've been, I've been planning my cutting to the beat and cutting with music, and mm. it, it's one of those videos that just been incubating for yeah. way too long. It's the white whale, yeah. and people keep referencing uh, Edgar Wright as like he's the one that cuts to the beat. It's like no, if you watch his movies, he cuts with music. There's action that happens in the shot that is synced to the beat. He doesn't just cut on right. the beat he does actions on the beat so there's a there's, there's a, a big difference there's a thing i do with my it's usually my ninth grade class when we're just starting out and kind of like i don't trust him with cameras yet <laughs> so we're just learning how stuff works and they've usually done like their first project and it's usually it's 
set up to make mistakes and be bad. And then I show them the um, the boulder scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why it's that scene. It just works. It's a two-minute scene. You know, it starts with Indiana Jones, like, replacing the idol on the, he tries to replace the weight, then all the, whatever. <clears throat> and we watch the scene, and they're like, oh, okay, you know, there's, it's an action scene. There's music. The camera moves. And then we watch it again, but I make them clap every time the camera cuts. Um, which is like, it's funny because by the end, everyone's like hands are sore. Because <laughs> uh, there's something like 67 camera cuts in that two minutes. And my point with them is it's not about the more cuts is equals better because you just give someone a seizure at a certain point. But it's it's the idea of like, you can see here's the beginning and the music is kind of, you know, the music is going, it's very... Um, the music is building tension and there's not, you see Indiana Jones cuts off, you know, cuts back. There's like two cuts and then something happens and the boulder rolls, the music picks up and then it's and the music stops and then the cuts kind of like go. And then it's like, it's like cutting with the music, with the emotion. Yeah. It's not, you know, there's no beat even with that score. It's not cutting to any kind of beat, but it's, you can find this rhythm where it builds and then it, like releases and it builds and it releases and well, then the it... biggest difference between that and then cutting to the beat is the music wasn't written for that scene until after right. it was edited <laughs> so it goes True. down to good editing will work with any piece of music and the fact that they're able to weave the story with camera movement with with the edits with the action and with the music all together that's creative storytelling that builds that suspense they didn't force the the edits where the music was cutting or where it was uh, on the beat so one of one of the things that i because i used to teach uh, advanced editing for one of the film schools here and one of the things that i would get people to do is edit your piece and then put music down to it and see if it works right like make sure that the edit feels good with no sound and then mm -hmm. add music and see where it goes. Because it's better to edit the music after a good visual edit is done. Because you can you can cut the, the music at certain points to build the drama at the right time instead of trying to expand the edit to wait for that uh, crescendo of music, right? Like, <laughs> right. no, make sure that shot. the shot is as long as it needs to be. You get um, You go in late and out early for every single edit. Right? No fluff. I like yet. it. I like that. Um, two things that, that I just thought of thinking of that. One is, and I don't know if you're in the middle of it. We're still in the middle, so no spoilers. We're in the season two of Mandalorian. <laughs> um, and I don't know if this, I honestly don't know if this has been the case the whole time because I didn't even realize it till the episode we saw yesterday, which had a big space chase and, you know, uh, going down through like Ice Canyon and stuff. It was an amazing sequence, super action. I didn't realize it was over. I was like, there was no music. It was just crazy sound design. I was like, no music at all. And it was still super tense. And I was thinking of, you know, the the original Star Wars movies that there's music throughout the whole... <laughs> there's, I don't think there's like a moment of silence in those things because the score is going the whole time. I was like, wow, how... It didn't... I didn't feel like anything was missing. It wasn't until I noticed And that's it. why edit the piece first because if it's good adding music they probably had music scored to it and then just and they just pulled it out because it it didn't enhance it it actually made it more right. dramatic leaving the music out and building on the sound design and yeah audio is definitely one of my weaker 
points in in my history in working here um it i rely so heavily on people that are very very talented um so doing my own <laughs> youtube channel trying to figure out what uh wait why doesn't my voice sound good oh yeah because i would send all the audio all the voiceovers to professional audio engineers and they would send it back pristine perfectly mixed so i had to yeah. learn how to properly mix sound effects vo and music so it all has its own cutout space that lives and when people listen to it on their earphones or through any kind of speakers it's just it feels good like nothing is battling for itself because you can't just lower the music until you don't hear it anymore because you can't hear the voiceover it's just uh it it's a talented space people it never ends i i feel like every time i learn something new it's like whack-a-mole then it like messes up something oh, else i was doing yeah. and now i have to learn <laughs> to solve this problem which goes you said you taught film at one of the film schools there as a pro as a film school teacher in 2021 how do you feel about you know where the role of film school? There's always that discussion of should I go to film school? Should I not go to film school? Uh, and I can see valid points on both sides of that argument. As of today, I would say if you already have a collective of people that you work with, going to film school is irrelevant. But if you don't have a community that have the same passion and are learning at the same time as you, go to film school because I met some of my closest film friends at film school at university and mm -hmm. doing learning and making those mistakes together. You build that bond where YouTube now allows for that exact same experience. You're not going to learn anything more or better, like unless you want film theory, but there are plenty of things you can find online. You can pay for courses that won't put you back 40, $50,000. So you can go and, you know, have, someone that's never really done it before. Um, but yeah, it's like the community part of it is the part that I found the most valuable coming out of film school. Um, I got to play with, you know, bigger cameras. So if you don't have access to that kind of gear, it'll give you access. But if you have $40,000 to go to film school, yeah, you know, maybe you can, you know, put a little bit towards that and just learn as you go. Um, but make sure you do something with it. So if, if people aren't, kind of they, if they don't have the discipline to follow through on making something then go to film school because then those timelines those kind of schedules will help them create with a deadline and have something done before that because otherwise you can get lost in not uh not finishing stuff right oddly enough i didn't i didn't learn that lesson that finishing Finishing something is way more mm -hmm. important than trying to make it perfect until I was out of school. Because in school, you're like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna tweak this. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna tweak that a little bit more and just keep going. But when I got my first job, I, uh, you know, client deadline, it had to be done. It had to be done. And even when it wasn't perfect, we just we the 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 company I was working with, they still sent it off. And the client was like, we love it. It was fantastic. And it's like, <laughs> we're, we're going there. Like I personally, I was just like, oh my God, like, you know, that wasn't perfect. Like the timing was a little bit off and all those things that, you know, from my inexperience where they're like, no, this, this works. Like if they, if there are things that they need to tweak, then we'll tweak it. But nothing stood out as glaring. It was just like, you know, that orange could have been a little bit more orange and like those kind of weird things yeah. that you get 
stuck in. But once you have a deadline, it's just like, no, it's done. And so I learned that lesson of that, you know, a lot of people are saying it now on YouTube and I'm actually happy for it where done is better than perfect because you can move yeah. on to the next thing. And you've learned those lessons from finishing something to move on to the next thing and then start again. And you've, you won't make that same mistake again and you'll get another thing done and then you'll get another thing done and then you'll be a year and a half into making videos and you know talking to a good friend there you go there we go there we go <laughs> i like that that's uh, that kind of echoes everything that i that i that i have felt and I, I didn't go to film school myself but i had friends who did and they kind of say the same thing it's about the network the community that's the biggest part of it um but i've also heard film school described as you know a safe sandbox because you can you can make these mistakes you can spend forever on a project whereas if you just wanted to jump in and take on client work it's like you said the deadline is the deadline you can't just but they, <laughs> spend forever until it's but you perfect. don't have to jump in to do client work if you don't go to film school right play in a sandbox youtube's a great sandbox exactly and post it and people will comment yes we like it no they will. we don't <laughs> and that finding that community of people that will give you honest feedback is as valuable as going to film school and when I went to film school, it was literally still film. Like we we were shooting on film. Like I spent more money one year making like buying film and developing film than actually doing all the rest of it. Like I, I think I spent more money on film and processing than I did on all the equipment that I have now. So it's just go spend a thousand bucks, buy a camera, a really good lens and uh, a good microphone because audio is as important as the visual and then just play in a sandbox. Like if that's what you want to do and learn, you don't have to take out client work. You don't have to be like, well, film school or do I work? Well, it's like you wouldn't be working in school. So why put that same pressure on yourself out here? You can still learn, learn the fundamentals, learn lighting, learn how to tell a good little story arc, even within one minute, practice that 30 seconds. Can you tell a good story in 30 seconds? You don't have to jump into a feature film Give me 30 seconds and make me feel something. I watched this uh, commercial. I don't know if you saw it. It's, uh, it was about this grandfather or whatever, this old guy. He, and he kept lifting up a, um, one of those iron bells. You know, the, the I weight. I think I've seen this one. Yeah. Uh, a kettlebell? Yeah, a kettlebell. That's it. So he kept lifting a kettlebell. Like, and he gets up, you know, and he's all slow and tired. And he keeps lifting this kettlebell. And he keeps, keeps lifting it up. Uh, kind of shoulder height and then putting it back down and like people are looking I'm like it's crazy right and like you're watching like where is this going and it was a two-minute little piece and at the end you're like crying like crying because they and there wasn't even one word said in the entire piece it was just all visual and i'm not going to spoil it for you but uh, go check out it i can't remember what it is but this, it was a Christmas commercial and almost everybody, because like my tr Twitter feed was kind of filled with people like, you know, is someone cutting onions in here? Again, like learn, learn how to emote visually and they just use music and good visuals. Learn that and that you'll be so much further ahead than any kind of film school will be able to teach you. Film school will teach you the, the fundamentals and the gear a little bit. Um, definitely film school more than university because universities uh, theory heavy but if you can tell a good story in 30 seconds or two minutes you'll get more work from that one piece than any kind of student film that you could make because student films are terrible 
I'm talking from my own experience. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I mean, I didn't go to film school, but I made plenty of student films. And I, I uh, went to student film festivals often, saw a lot of black and white movies with piano soundtracks. <laughs> and you're, <laughs> like and the you're crying at the end. <laughs> you're crying. For some <laughs> reason. Maybe, maybe it's because of Someone what they wanted me to, onions. or maybe it's just because really, of yeah. what I yeah. saw. But um, as we kind of head towards the end here, I do want to ask you, your YouTube channel, as it's growing and as, you know, the community is building inevitably it's going to start taking up more and more and more time and energy do you have a do you have any you know goals for your channel do you have any aspirations where maybe you want it to be in a year or a couple years or you know when i started this adventure october 2019 i gave myself a two-year deadline i want to i want to see where can i be two years doing this committed and disciplined in doing it and reassess when I get there. Like if I've been doing videos for uh, a year and like two months now, if I was still sub a hundred subscribers, I'd have a very clear message that maybe this isn't for me and I'll just stay behind the camera. Right. But right. I did have a little bit of confidence, definitely more than, than, the usual person starting on. Like I already knew the gear. I didn't have to learn all yeah. that. I still have to learn all the rest of it, all the uh, behind the scenes, the social media part. Cause I wasn't really on any kind of social media before, right? I would just consume it, right? Or I would make content for other companies and it would be with a large team that would always be brainstorming to figure it out. So the goal with the channel was Let's see if I can connect with people. Let's see if I can make them feel something. Let's see if I can teach and actually add value that is adding to the conversation and talk about things that I don't actually see on, on there and bring a little bit of my experience and wisdom, not, not anything too hardcore, just something where it wasn't too simple stuff. It wasn't like, here's the, the camera and here's, Here's a basic, you know, how to use a camera. I didn't want to do that because there's plenty that do that well. I wanted to do something where it's like, okay, now you have the camera. Let's do something with it. Let's do something good right. with it, right? And I'm going to help you do it faster and better than if you were just trying to reinvent the wheel. So there's a lot of good things. So when I get to the two-year mark in October of 2021, I'm going to reassess. I'm hoping that the channel will be at like between 10, 15,000 of really hardcore people that are interested in what we can all kind of build and add to the conversation. I don't think you have any problem. <laughs> I don't think there'll be any problem getting there. I think you're going to be like, that's my goal, October 2020. Okay. And then it's going to be like March and you're going to go, I met that goal. What is my goal now? <laughs> <laughs> well, the other goal, it's like, yeah, I will be honest. Like there is a financial incentive behind it. It like, can the channel make one to $2,000 a month with all the affiliates and all that kind of stuff? Can I actually build up to that and make it worth making four videos uh, a month? Oh, you'll sail past that. That won't be... Well, right now, right now, I it's it's not nowhere like we're we're talking pennies, like literally, you know, uh, someone someone said it's like, oh, you're monetized, you must be like 
raking in the cash. And it's like, no, it's like mm-hmm. someone throwing pennies at you. That's what it's the equivalent of right now. So like my target, actual target is, can I make more for one of these videos than I do as a day rate? Because again, I make mm. if I can make a video in one day and can get paid more than my day rate, I will continue it. Otherwise, I can make a lot of money working. I can I probably take on another client instead of doing these videos. So, like I've already passed up uh, a few gigs because it's like no, I, uh, it's it's not big enough for me to to consider, and it'll eat up a lot of time, and I won't be able to do this where I want to do this. So, we'll see. Like, we'll it's an opportunity cost there. We'll see. Well, I'm rooting for it to continue because I would like to have uh, more videos to watch. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the I want to see you that play drums. That's what I want to see. That's uh, yeah. That's uh, if you mentioned being a drummer, so then I got intimidated and I was like, oh, good god! I have a couple of videos where I sneak the drums in. I did think for a while of during my I, for my end screens, I always show like an image or a B-roll shot or something, and then put my little subscribe button over it. And I was like, you know. What if just at the end of every video, I just did like the drums for 20 seconds and that was my end screen was just my own royalty. For there the you go. That, that'd so be perfect. Knows? Like, why not? Like, oh, there's a lot of reasons why not. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh, sometimes I try to sneak it in. And but I, uh, I love your set. I love that you're so bright and, you know, I, that that's part of the inspiration where I took, I, I didn't want to go too dark and moody with uh, my set. Where I looked at yours, it's like you look. It looks so happy and positive, and I'm like, well, okay, I need to take a little bit of that. Where you know, I didn't want to get uh, people to get turned off by like, who's this dark, moody guy? <laughs> <laughs> this dark, sad guy. No, your set looks amazing. I I love it. I love the, the color palette, but also you know you you talk so much about how to use color and how to do these things that of course it's going to look good and. And mine was just, you know, there were so many other people that were going very dark and moody. And I was just like, I just want to do the opposite of that. And some people hate it. Some people love it. But that's, makes you, you know, it's you. that's kind of it's making a brand. And like that, when they when people talk about that, it's like when you stick with something. Go for it. Like it's like and be consistent with it. Like I've seen so many people change their set. Not only throughout the videos, but like constantly beyond and I'm not talking about mm-hmm. vloggers, the people that go out. I'm talking about like they have a set and in the next video, it's a completely different set. And it's just like, there's no consistency in that, right? They change the music every single time. It's like, I wanted to make it feel like a episodic show where it's like, I always had the same extra music. It's like, you know, the video is coming to an end. And even though everyone's like, don't let people know it's ending because they'll click away. I'm like, I don't care. It's like, that's, I want it to feel like a complete package because that's the way I like doing things. Not because someone on YouTube says that's what gets you more clicks. It's like maybe for you, <laughs> right? And that yeah, what works for someone doesn't always work for anyone, and it's all about you know. I I love the consistency because it it's a it's a big deal. I know, like I guess as a creator, you could get tired of you know. I would definitely do that sometimes. What if I move the camera here? What if I switch? You'll know, switch things up because you got to but it's it fresh still and do new things. But you, it's still branded for you, right? It doesn't feel like where's Tom right now. Like it never feels like yeah, that. It always feels like your video. Like that's why they say your thumbnails should have a consistent feeling, especially for smaller channels. This is one thing that I found. Yeah. Like putting my face or the color palette in the thumbnail, because when people watch, they usually watch about three videos before they subscribe. So they'll watch one, they'll like it, 
then they'll just move on. Then your video will, another video will pop up in their feed and they'll like that one. And then a third one will pop up and be like, okay, I like this guy. And then they'll, they'll subscribe. So having a consistent theme to the videos and a consistent theme to the thumbnails helps people with the recognition. It's the same reason why there's jingles and there's uh, logos and all that kind of stuff, because it's repeating it over and over again where people see it and there's that brand recognition. That's what people talk about. So if you change your logo and you change your music and you change your everything, every video, well, then you're just starting from scratch again. Before we go, though, is there is there anything you'd like to, let's see, for somebody who's thinking of starting a YouTube channel, probably somebody who's, you know, elsewhere employed, do you have any key things that you have learned that you think would be helpful or just kind of get, you know, the kick in the butt that they need to go or to keep going or help along the way? From my perspective, I have three kids, a full-time gig working with multiple clients that isn't always a great opportunity to make videos. But if you're going to make a channel, make it about something that you will not shut up about to your friends. Set a target, make it happen, just start. I wish I started sooner. Like, I don't know how I can emphasize that yep. even more. We're just like, I'm actually having That's way more regret. fun making these and connecting with people. The, the making the first 10 is always going to be hard. I, I didn't get any traction on my channel until about the 12th video and then it kind of died off again. And then it was the 25th video where I got some more traction and then, you know, I'm at 65 videos over with just over a year into it. You don't have to be consistent like every day or every week, make one a month, just start it, but then force yourself to make the next one and then the next one and then the next one. And then you'll get to a point where you'll be like, get that, the jitters like I need to make a video. It's been it's been four yeah. days. I need my fix. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so my advice is do it. If you're thinking about it, do it. Because that's that that's I, a, that's the way to do it. Yep. What I always try to think of with doing these episodes, especially with another person, because it's a relatively newer thing on my podcast, is if somebody listens to it afterwards, they kind of feel like, okay, now I want to go do something. I want to go make something. I want to go. So I feel like you've hit that note multiple times or even I'm like, ah, yeah, I want to go do, I need to fix this. I need to improve that. Oh man, Finesse I, I got to go make a video <laughs> Yeah, right now. Um, I look forward to it then tomorrow. <laughs> um, so where can people find you? Obviously I'll put links in all the show notes for a YouTube channel, but uh, do you have any special place where if someone wants to reach out, they can contact yeah, you? Uh, well, through YouTube at Raphael Ludwig, just find me there or on Instagram or Twitter at Capricorn 8, which is my birthday. No other special reason. Just I couldn't think of a business name. <laughs> and that was the only one that I liked that sounded interesting enough at the time. That answered a question I forgot to ask. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I appreciate that one. And of course, um, you know, links, like I said, will be everywhere. So thank you so much, Raphael, for, for being here, spending your time. Thank you all for listening. Welcome to season four. I hope you all stay safe, have fun, and I will see you or hear you or hear me. Never know how to end it next time. <laughs>